In breaking news this week, the Prime Minister apologised to all victims of institutional child sexual abuse in Parliament this week, saying, yeah, but at least we're not as bad as the Catholic Church. Daniel Andrews led a rally by union leaders to increase wages and job security. Speaking of which, Dave, where's my pay rise? You don't get paid for this, you idiot. God, I wish, for, wish I worked for the ABC. At least I'd be getting it paid off by the hippie lefties. Saudi Arabian officials have admitted the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi was premeditated, whilst the Crown Prince left a brown stain in his pants. In sports news, the general public has once again been stunned to find that elite athletes take hard drugs. AFL player Shane Mumford was caught on camera doing an eight ball, with friends in the background seemingly chanting, Bowling Shane! Chinese companies plan to replace trusty streetlights with a huge terrestrial mirror in the sky. The Chinese government claims to be over the moon about it. Welcome to Breaking News, the show here on Sid 90.7 FM that takes the news, kills the news, and dresses inappropriately at the news's funeral. I'm Chock, and I'm joined by our regular, Cass. Hey, hey. Uh, great to have you. And you may have noticed that I said regular and not regulars. Uh, Alex is unfortunately not here this week. What has he done, Chock? He's uh, only a minor thing. He's <laughs> dislocated his finger. Um, and we unfortunately have a video... Uh, sorry, a... F- photo of it that we're not going to show to the world, but he won't be here this week, so you are just stuck with us two this week. That is the alarm for it's just us two doing it this week, so uh, be prepared for what's going to come. No, uh, just a disclaimer, as always, we are a satirical show, so not necessarily everything we say is our belief, so try and take it with a bit of humour. Now, Cass, What have we got this week? Coming up this week, we have Wentworth, Bob Catter, Royals, Stars and Kevin Rudd, Budgie Smugglers and Antigua and Barbuda. Wentworth went to vote vote last week in one of the most intriguing by-elections in recent history. This was caused due to Malcolm Turnbull's retirement. The Liberal Party has held the seat since its inception all the way back in 1945. To give you some perspective, 1945 symbolised the end of World War II, the development of the atomic bomb, which is arguably less self-destructive than the Liberal Party at the moment, Percy Spencer accidentally discovering that microwaves can heat food, and also the Bermuda Triangle emerged onto the world stage when it took the lives of 27 people. Maybe we need to, as a show, start kidnapping people to become popular ourselves. In saying that, I don't really want to draw any more similarities to the Bermuda Triangle than I already have. I mean... Information goes into my brain and then it's just never found again. This story almost got embarrassing when, after the first night of counting, Karen Phelps was awarded the win by the media. Unbelievably, the postal votes, which make up 11% of the total vote, were yet to be counted. Scott Morrison conceded defeat only hours after the polling booths closed, which says a lot about the party in power when they just assume that they've lost. Even I had more hope of winning Lotto last week. I mean, this result was declared quicker than a foreign traveller concealing questionable culinary delicacies at customs. Ultimately, this was a historic win for Karen Phelps. In a political landscape dominated by old men wearing suits that no longer conform to their bulging beer bellies, Karen conquered a safe electorate that had been held for 70 years. This could arguably be the greatest achievement by a person named Phelps. I mean, winning 23 gold medals, having more medals than 161 countries, sure, that's impressive, but what are you actually doing for the greater good, Mike? 
Karen Phelps was the first woman to be elected president of the Australian Medical Association, is a member of the Order of Australia, and more impressively, won over the hearts and minds of sun-saturated Sydney-siders. In saying all of this, I'm sick of hearing the phrase, Phelps wins. Not everything a Phelps does deserves to go straight to the poor room. You can't feel anything but sorry for the Liberal candidate Dave Sharma. He was doomed before he even got the chance to campaign. Perhaps we would feel sorry for him if he hadn't, 12 months previously, accused teachers of not working as hard as other professions. He said teachers work three quarters of what other professions did. If that were the case, he wouldn't know how to construct that fraction. Of course, as soon as he was chosen to represent Wentworth, Dave offered a sincere apology. But an apology a year after a statement is made is really not an apology at all. It's just moral cleansing. Some would say him becoming candidate for Wentworth, the most unwinnable electorate, would be considered karma. But today, we're going to call it Sharma. Wentworth was the seat originally held by Malcolm Turnbull, which he held since 2004. For some more perspective, that's the same year Mr Zuckerberg released Facebook from his dormitory room. On top of that, Mr Turnbull held Wentworth with an 18% margin at the previous election. Either way, he held that seat with an iron fist, probably because he spent most of his term as PM mining. It should be of no surprise, then, that Malcolm Turnbull's son urged voters to vote Labor to avoid the Liberal Party's crazy agenda. Labor ended up with only 11% of first preference votes, a swing of 6% against them. Like his father, Alex started off with the purest of intentions, but ended up only screwing him and his supporters over. Sounds like an Alex I know. The result of all this madness? The Liberal Party currently holds a minority government, which is usual in the Senate, but not so much in the House of Representatives. In fact, there have only been two prior instances of this in history, John Curtin in 1941 and Julia Gillard in 2010. And we all know how the latter one went down. Now without a majority in the lower house, the Liberal Party will have to seek the support of crossbenchers like Karen Phelps to ensure the government isn't thrown out in a vote of no confidence. As if Australia in politics wasn't already in a dire enough situation. We've had enough. This doesn't just go to the Liberal Party, but everyone involved in politics, from backbenchers to those who mess with the system through political donations. We deserve better. There are millions of Australians giving up their hard-earned money so that you can all do something good for the greater society. But that isn't happening, and hasn't happened in a long time. There are young people out there like us that know we need to keep in touch with what's happening so that we can be well-informed come election time. But scandal after scandal is only going to push everyone further away. And this sort of continued behaviour only leads to something we'd rather not contemplate. Bob Catter has officially announced the expulsion of Fraser Anning from Catter's Australian Party due to his views on immigration and race. Here in the studio with us is Bob Catter to explain the decision. Bob, I, I would say welcome, but you'd probably take that as the PC culture going too far. You wouldn't know what a welcome was if it smacked you in the face. Up where I'm from, where the real people actually live. Not you media shocks jock here. We do a proper welcome. Our welcome party, the Catter Australian party that is, do things the traditional way. Let's forget about these racism accusations and get them back to talking about the gays. I don't even know where to start with that. Uh, let's stay on topic, shall we? Why did you expel Fraser Anning from your party? Fraser is a fantastic bloke, and his maiden speech was 99% solid gold. The problem was more with the rest of it, which was totally unacceptable. What was the 1%? Well, it was just wrong when he said my grandfather was Lebanese. He was Australian. 
but he was born in Lebanon. You just seem to be ignoring the facts now. No, 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 no. My grandfather was an Australian, and I want to say how rude it is that you brought this up. This is a sensitive topic, and I'm sure you went to university and learned about the significance of all these words. Most of us have done our hard labour up at the coalface. But you brought it up. You, you forced me into that situation. It's like same-sex marriage. I didn't want to do it, and now you're all forcing me to do it. No one is forcing you to marry a man. Can we stay on Anning, please? Why did you think it was a good idea to bring a man into your party who had already been expelled by another party? Fraser proved he was an excellent politician. The man is an Australian, a proper Australian. I mean, you know Fraser Anning better than most people right now. Will he be joining another party? If so, do you feel jealous? Or was your relationship more of a rebound? People are entitled to their party proclivities, but I ain't spending any time on it because in the meantime, every three months a person is torn to pieces by a crocodile in North Queensland. I want to hold the people of Kennedy personally responsible for the fact that they elected this man into government. Just to reiterate to the folks out there who are listening to Breaking News this afternoon, that the views represented in this show aren't necessarily those of our own, especially the ones that are presented by Bob Catter there. Uh, personally, I don't believe them. Chuck? No, I'm not a big uh, fan of uh, Bob Catter's uh, vision of Australia. Yeah, I agree. So again, you know, this is a comedic show, a satirical take on the news. So now, Chuck. It is time for your world-famous segment. This is Punching Down. Royal commentators. The royal tour continued on this week, but it wasn't without its drama. Yet again, Meghan had another dress break the internet, but this time it was because it had a thigh gap. This news flash drew the ire of many royal traditionalists on social media, claiming it was not royal protocol. On top of that, an article was published this week detailing all the royal conventions that the newlyweds had broken on their trip to Australia. They broke the no-hugging rule, the no-holding-hands rule, and the no-selfies rule. How boring is your bloody life that you have to pick on a couple that clearly love each other and are trying to express that? How bloody petty are you that you are condemning a couple for hugging members of the public? Some who had been looking forward to this royal can encounter their whole lives. We all know you're having problems with your marriage, Margaret, but don't take it out on a healthy couple. But also, how archaic are these bloody monarch rules? It's almost like the roles have reversed. From hundreds of years ago, where the royals had all the freedom and the commoners were enslaved, now it's the royal couple who are deprived of any freedom whatsoever. This is the 21st century. Not being able to take a selfie is like taking a dog away from its bone. And besides, couldn't the world use a little bit more love? I'm talking to you, Margaret. Star athletes. This week, some of our greatest ever Olympians, Ian Thorpe, Anna Mears and Grant Hackett, just to name a few, signed a letter demanding more money be invested into sports by the government to solve our funding crisis. Otherwise, we supposedly run the risk of descending into mediocrity. Really, the only thing that's truly mediocre is Grant Hackett's record post-retirement. Firstly, at the last Olympic Games, one we, where we allegedly struggled, we still finished 10th on the medal tally. Those nine countries who were above us all have a considerably larger population. In fact, Australia clearly had the best medal per capita of all the top 10. Start being grateful for what we've achieved. Secondly... We currently live in a country where most of the eastern coast is in a terrible drought, global warming is only becoming more and more apparent, and politics is snuffed. 
The Olympics really isn't a priority at the moment. Admittedly, people like Michael Phelps have tried to use their influence for the greater good. Throwback to when he urged people to turn their taps off whilst we are brushing our teeth to conserve water. Problem is, the real waste of water is filling up the bloody pool you swim in. Luckily, someone did the math on how long we would have to leave the tap running to fill up one of the pools you took for granted across your entire swimming career. Originally, it was 305 days, but taking into account evaporation, it would take 819 days. Whatever helps you sleep at night, mate. Kevin Rudd. Kevin Rudd is never one to back down from a controversial statement. It's part of what made him such a strange character. But this week he may have posted his most controversial statement yet. He took to Twitter to criticise Scott Morrison's lack of action on climate change. His tweet read, Pull your finger out, Scott. This is real. Not a game. We are already the driest planet on Earth. We are also the warmest, wettest, darkest, deadliest, drunkest, sportiest, barbecuiest, vegemitiest, crocodile wrestlingliest planet on Earth. Call me harsh if you want, but I believe that's what you would call a fair shake of the sauce bottle, mate. That was punching down. Now on to a new segment we're calling What Went Wrong Elsewhere. Welcome to What Went Wrong Elsewhere, the segment where I share the news that piqued my curiosity over the seas this week. If you think the shambolic sideshow that is Australian politics, our abysmal excuse for a men's cricket team and the impending drought are bad, then What Went Wrong Elsewhere is the feel-good, makes-you-glad-you-don't-live-overseas segment for you. This is the exact sort of thing that we need at the moment. It's like... um <laughs> what Carrie does on the project. It's uh, her good news. The good news story of the week, absolutely. Except our good news comes at the expense of other countries worldwide, basically. (laughs) Just makes you feel a little bit better for living in Australia, I think. No, I really appreciate the segment. We do need that pump up sometimes and things are looking really dire here. This is the exact sort of positive reinforcement that we need. Now, what have you got for us this week? Ready, steady, go, Chuck. Sorry, I'm just still an Australian child, I have to say that. That TV show was probably one of my favourite lazy stay-at-home school day TV shows ever. Daytime TV. Well, it's like one of those shows that when you you didn't go to school because you were sick that day, like you didn't go to primary school, it was a show that was always on in the afternoon. It was why you were sick. I'm Team Tomato (laughs) for anyone out there who cares. But anyway, moving on to the story. A Calgary woman and her daughter were simply shocked yesterday over a bizarre theft of sorts. The pair were surprised to find their 2007 Toyota Yaris sitting in their driveway, not as normal, but having had only the door stolen. Not the whole car, no, just just the door. Just the door was stolen. Police are baffled and they say and say the search for the culprit hinges on key witnesses. Oh, no. <laughs> Firstly, who who needs a door? Like, why would you steal just the door? Because, like, no one's like, damn, I need a door. They're really putting, like, doors plus out of business here. Yeah, exactly. These poor guys just want to sell your front door. But, like, if you can take the door off, then you can get into the car and you can steal more stuff. Why why is this obsession with the door? They were saying in the article that everything else was left in the car. So whatever belongings were in there, yeah, they were only interested in the door. I don't know. Well, there you go. I cannot explain that. It's very strange. Now, Chuck, I have a question for you. What do Robert De Niro, Barack Obama, CNN, Joe Biden and the Clintons all have in common this week, aside from a receding headline? I took the answer straight out of my mouth. I uh, <laughs> don't know. The high-profile hoi polloi have all received packages containing explosive devices believed to have been sent from Florida. Refusing to comment further on the matter, it appears as though these personalities were blown away by the stunt. 
Yes, I, I did. I did go there. Yes. Yes. Indeed, the circumstances surrounding this scare are confusing. Oh, no. But I'm cha. Many people on social media have asked to see what the pipe bomb looks like, but the FBI has declared that it's probably best that you don't see for yourself. Oh, no. Is this whole segment <laughs> just going to be a bunch of puns left, right and centre? Yeah, I basically created the segment just so I could get my puns out there because no one else in my life, in my personal life, cares about my puns. Oof. Well, that's a that's a <laughs> you just dropped a bomb that we don't really need to hear on radio. No, this is actually quite interesting though. The whole story that opponents of Donald Trump have been the people receiving this. It's actually quite scary when you think about it. Like it takes away from what actually free speech is. Like yeah. if that happened in Australia, I'd be genuinely scared. That's exactly what I was just about to say. I mean, it, it's not fair on you know people who believe in an opposing party to be. Living in fear, I suppose. It's a democracy. You're meant to be able to have your freedom of speech, but supposedly in America you can't have that. And that is why we have this segment, because you can be glad that you didn't get a pipe bomb mailed to you this week. Exactly. And our third story today, the UK police hunt suspect who looks like Ross from Friends. This one, I really like this one because I'm an avid watcher of Friends. I'm an avid fan. I thought this was hilarious. This one is probably, this is probably the one time that having a doppelganger is really not ideal. UK police are currently investigating a shoplifter from Blackpool who bears an uncanny resemblance to actor David Schwimmer. Friends or not, the pair appeared identical on CCTV footage, diffusing... Oh no, more fuse puns. (laughs) (laughs) Diffusing any hope of Schwimmer being the real beer burglar, the Friendstar recreated the scene, sending the internet into a spin. This isn't the first time poor Schwimmer has doubled up. Russ... Meet Ross. <laughs> Good uh, Friends reference. That's got to be one of my favourite episodes, yep. the, uh, the Ross and Ross switch. Now, this may sound like fun and games, but imagine if this transpired in Australia. The bloke would probably stroll into a servo. He'd be dressed in his red Speedos. His ears would be colliding with both sides of the aisle and stealing onions. And even if he was caught, it wouldn't matter because he'd refuse to answer the police's questions because he gave them the response they deserve. Welcome back to Fake News. Now, Chuck, it's going to run a little bit differently this week. We don't have the bean boozled beans. I think you'll be glad about that. Yes, uh, after what happened last week, I'm very glad for that. <laughs> we don't have Alex here either, so this one's really up to you. You can't really, like, you can't screw this up. I can't lose. Well, no, I can screw this up if you, I got you, all you of can. them wrong, but I can't lose. You can't lose. You're only, we've only got winners here. That's okay. How about we just jump straight into it? Our first one is the theme of cake. They come with themes now. It's really exciting. I categorise them into little groups. First one's cake. Cake's a good theme. Yeah, I thought so too. Option A, hipster cafes now using chocolate cake as low sugar alternative to brioche. Okay, I'll hear them all through. Sure. Option B, police investigate claims teenager baked grandfather's ashes into cookies for classmates. Oh, oh, no, 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 I really hope that one's not true. Continue. And option C, thermomix to blame as student teacher burns down elementary school building. <laughs> because of like the cake. One. The thermomix, so the, um, the big machine that they use to make the cake batter, the mixture. Yep. Look, as a student teacher, that's a really frightening prospect like for myself because, I mean, I'm not a food tech teacher, but, I mean, you know. Your, your career's gone. Trust the student teacher You've to screw everything You've burnt down an elementary up. school. 
Just the school building. Oh, just a building. Sorry, that's so much better. <laughs> There's no damage done. Can be easily repaired. No worries. We'll just, we'll just get a grant for that. No, no big deal. Of course cafes would do a chocolate cake as a low-sugar alternative to a brioche bun. What but doesn't thinking? a brioche bun have less sugar than a chocolate cake? Apparently they do have a fair bit of sugar in them, so I'm not awfully surprised. Well, there you go, people out there. Don't get a brioche bun if mm. there's one thing you can take out of this. And what was mm. the middle one again? The uh, baked grandfather ashes in the cookies. Oh. Here's the thing. and It I was hate... a little bit morbid. Yeah. It's so morbid that I don't think you could make it up. Ooh. If you... Here's the thing. It's He's a not... win-win for me because either I get it correct or you came up with that and then that means you're the morbid one. And I'm a terrible person forever. Basically, I can't argue with that. So I'm going to lock in that one, but You're I'm lo- definitely hoping it's not true. You're locking in option B? Yes. Unfortunately, it was true. You're right. I wouldn't come up with something as morbid as that. But um, yeah, it, it, I believe this happened in Australia as well. A teenager just. What? Yeah. You did the what went wrong elsewhere, and I felt so positive about Australian culture. <laughs> And then if the, the elementary building had been the one, then I would have been even more positive. But you're telling me someone in Australia... This poor kid, he's just gone to make some cookies and he's grabbed the paprika off the shelf and he's got his nutmeg and his cinnamon and some ashes. And, and his got grandfather. Our cookies. And his grandfather. Well, at least it's like not like his grandmother. It's like <laughs> <laughs> made with love. Oh, jeez. I think we need to move on. Our next theme is space. Option A, cricketer mistakes meteorite for ball, breaks wrist attempting to catch it. (laughs) That's really actually quite timely with Alex dislocating his finger this week. Yes. Alex, was that you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Option B, meteorite meteorite prices skyrocket. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Continue. And option C, $100,000 meteorite unknowingly used as barn doorstep. A barn doorstep. Like a doorstep for a barn. What is a meteorite doing on a barn doorstep? Sorry, not a doorstep, a doorstop. Doorstop. I misspoke. (laughs) Okay, so that's even more insulting. (laughs) (laughs) So this meteorite has travelled from many million miles away Uh just to stop a door. Couldn't stop the door of the Yaris, (laughs) could it? (laughs) Didn't do a good job of that. Um, So, wait, I don't think the meteorite for Cricket 1 could be correct because like we almost no have... one skies a cricket ball and then a meteorite just cha- takes its place and goes in a million miles an hour. We should just ask Alex what dislocated his finger and if it's a meteorite that's really funny. Yes and then he's <laughs> literally been on this episode Exactly. Contributed to the content. Love it. Um, you also had the meteorite prices skyrocketing Thoughts uh, I, on that one? I think that's just a really good pun. <laughs> I'm going to credit you enough for that. Sure. Um, so I'm going with the doorstop Chocks on fire this week. It is the doorstop. $100,000 for a meteorite doorstop. Would you pay that much money for it? No. Of course I wouldn't. But you can go around and tell people, your friends, your family, random strangers who try to sell you random things from your front door, that, that your doorstop is a meteorite. Yeah. You'd be really cool. I'm in debt. <laughs> I think that should be the first thing we say. By the way, if the cricket one was true and it was because of Alex, yeah. Like I know you guys struggle for content some of the time, but sending Alex out there against his own will is not within the show's <laughs> parameters, I think. <laughs> Alrighty. We're moving into politics this one. Option A. The US Embassy in Australia accidentally sends out cat photo instead of meeting invite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Sure. Option B. Parliament in the UK adjourned as flesh-eating bacteria infiltrates watercress and activated charcoal sandwiches. People who are eating charcoal sandwiches deserve to be eaten alive, so... (laughs) Big call from Chuck there. And actually, no, I agree with that. That's not such a big call. Option C. Pauline Hanson tells Great Barrier Reef it's okay to be white. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, it's not the last one, I hope, because uh, you don't want the Great Barrier Reef being white. How much faith do you have in Pauline Hanson? Zero. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure on that. Yeah, sorry. That was a bad pun. Um, Oh, wow. Wouldn't it be ironic if um, the uh, flesh-eating bacteria one was correct? Because they'd literally be eating charcoal that would turn them into ashes eventually. <laughs> that is very true. It's a little bit ironic. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to actually lock that one in. What was the yeah. first one again, though? <laughs> the US Embassy in Australia accidentally sends out cat photo instead of meeting invite. You are actually, f- no, if that is true, you are firing that. the clerk that like wrote that email. I think I heard that somewhere. No, I'm locking that one in. They sent a cat photo rather than a meeting invite. I'm locking in A. Are you sure? You don't yep. want the watercress and activated charcoal sandwiches? This is the second time in two weeks activated charcoals come up. I'm starting to get very suspicious. Uh, yeah, but if it was true... Is it? I still don't even know if it's a thing. I'm locking in A. I'm not going to try and talk you out of this one. It is option A. I'm so sad you changed your mind last minute. Three out great. of three. You're doing really well. It wouldn't even matter if Alex was here. Maybe you just get like swayed by Alex's opinion. I well, don't know. to be fair, I just... If he picks the right one, I just go different to be contrary. True. You're contrary, but you'll be a loser. But anyway, you are a winner this week. You are doing really well. Let's see what you can get from round four. Round four is the Army. Option A. Australian Army truck worth $74,000 declared missing after being painted with camouflage. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's the case. Option B. Entire troop of 180 Antiguan and Barbudan army soldiers disappear amid new camouflage uniform rollout. <laughs> okay, yeah. And option C, world camouflage sales reach never-before-seen levels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crediting that last one to good writing. Remember, these are headlines. They're th- one of them is a real headline. I cannot believe that. I mean, every time I see someone wearing, like, camo pants, I have to make the joke. But that doesn't mean I literally didn't see the camo pants. You can't just, like, lose a truck or people just because they're wearing camo. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it actually makes you invisible. It just makes it harder to see harder you. To... I feel like that's an important distinction to make. And when these you see these people that are wearing them, they're probably, you know, in the middle of Burke Street. So they're not really camouflaging with anything. No, like, exactly. You normally have trees and shrubs, so... I would love to hide in Burke Street, though. And anyways... <laughs> I don't actually know. No, I don't think it's the truck. I think it's going to be Antigua and Barbuda. Correct. That's the country. Um, oh, I thought you meant the answer was correct. <laughs> you got a bit excited there. Um, locking in B? Yeah. You are wrong, Chuck. It's the truck, it's isn't the it? It's the truck. No. It's the Australian Army truck that was declared missing after it was painted in camouflage. Imagine it's just like, guys, where's the truck gone? Where, where's That's such the a waste of money. Like, yeah. What could you buy with 74 grand? Uh, you could buy the, oh, what was it that I was going to be in debt for? The Rock? <laughs> yeah. No, oh, that no, was 100000 I couldn't quite buy that, you but I'm most of the way, and I could probably loan off the rest of it. <laughs> Perfect. All righty, guys, this segment hopefully will return next week. We'll see how we go with that one. Thank you, Chuck, for, for playing along. Thanks for having me. You did really well there. Now we've just got to wrap up the show for the week. Uh, I hope it's been another good show this week. We've had to manage without Alex. Yet again, sorry that we went in late this week again. Obviously, that was because 
of Alex's finger. But I think we had a fun show. I thought today was really, really fun. Yeah, it's almost like we're better without him. Anyways, <laughs> we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Facebook, so f- particularly follow us on Facebook and you'll get all the links you could possibly need. Uh, Friday, 3 to 4, we're going to try and stick to that next week, so be around then. From myself, Chuck. I'm Cassie Semple. Have a nice night, everyone, and see you next week. Bye.